0: I'll take mine, too, from the servant of the Lord. Thank you. Everybody get a cup? Hang on to them. The reason why we're going to be using these. Are we ready to go, brother? Thumbs up. We want to welcome all the Internet family and Facebook family. Thank God for them. Aren't you glad for them, church? Amen. I am so thankful that they have tuned in and they've turned into what God has got for them this morning and they're part of us, yes. even though they're not around us. And some, some live down by Indianapolis. Other places we've heard that they live in other areas. And we thank God for them this morning. Thank God Amen. for those that, that cannot always be here and uh, they get an opportunity to listen from the internet. Open your Bibles, if you would, please, to Psalms 116. Psalms 116. verses 12 and 13. And then we're going to also go to the gospel according to John chapter 4, verse 14. Two, three verses we'll be reading to set the tone for the message this morning. And I thank God for this message. I really... God has brought this by my way. If nothing else, it was for me. And I thank God for this. But let me read what we have. I'll tell you the title in just a moment. Verse 12. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits towards me? How many you are thankful for the benefits of the Lord? Amen. His favor, his blessings. Thank God for those blessings. Verse 13. I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. Go to John chapter four, verse 14. Jump up to verse 13 real quick. Let's bring into perspective what Jesus was saying. Talking to a woman at a well. But he said, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. Verse 14, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. Say this with me. He says, spring up. Spring Spring up. up. The fountain. 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 Mm, Thank you, Father. And you may be seated. Title of the message, a cup or a well. A cup or a well. The Old Testament depicts the cup as a cup of salvation. How many ever drank from a cup? You've got a cup in here. If you fill that thing up and you drink it, it's going to be gone. Am I correct? Yes. But Jesus said this, talking to a woman, She was thirsty in more than one way. He says, I'm offering a well. You've come to the well. The Old Testament says a cup. Jesus says a well. I choose the well over the cup because I can have a cup and drink it and I can get thirsty again. But if I have a well, that's a source I can go to. That's what Jesus was saying. See, drink from water that Jesus gives, you'll never run dry. You'll never thirst again, he says. Thank God for the well that Jesus brings. It's an overflowing well. See, what Jesus was really saying to her, said, in the Old Testament, if we look at it, it's a cup of salvation. Soon it's gone. But the well that I bring, this well of salvation, will never run dry. Thank God. Decision, a cup or a well. Which one do you want? Just a cup? Or do you want the well? well. We used to sing a song at a camp meeting. Dig a little deeper in the well, boys. Dig a little deeper in the well. If you want your cool drink of water, you got to dig a little deeper in the well. Didn't say go to the cup. Didn't say just go to the pitcher, but go to... Get what you have need of out of the well. When it runs dry, dig in again. Get what you have need of. Psalms 23, verse 5 says, David said this, My cup runs over. He comes to the place that it was running over. This cup of salvation was just overflowing, overflowing and kept overflowing. See, a cup of salvation runs over, but it does not last that 's what was happening in the Old Testament things would not last. it was there for a moment then gone it happened once a year, but yet it still did not take away since the come salvation was not enough once a year that was it, but it didn't take away the sin. Jesus comes to remove the sin, remove the thirst, remove the desire of the world of the things that's around. thank God for that See. This was by an innocent blood of the lamb. It was blood that was given once a year. And even then, as the priest would walk in and he would dip the blood and sprinkle it, that's all it would do, once a year. But yet it would not take away. But thank God, the sins, all they would do would just roll over from year to year to year with no hope. But Jesus brought hope. Aren't you glad for that? As we see what's happening in our world today, we have a lot of young people that are thirsty and looking for identity, looking for something that will bring some accolades, bring some that some praise or whatever, and they're doing it in the wrong way out of hate. They're thirsty. They're longing for something that's not satisfying. Only Jesus can satisfy. Yeah. This is why he told the woman at the well, if you will drink from this well, if you will drink from this earthly things, you will thirst again. But if you'll drink from me, you'll never... Never thirst again. Thank God for that well that he brings. The language that we see from the Old Testament was a cup of salvation. That's all it really was. It's all we're speaking of. She's why they didn't have no hope, even if they die. They were looking for the Messiah. They were looking for the one that could bring something of help. That was the language then. The question is, Is that all we want? Just a cup? I want the well. Forget the cup. You can have it. But give me the well. Man, it'll overflow. John chapter 4, verse 28. You don't have to turn there. I'll read it for you. The woman then left her water pot, went her way into the city, and said to the men, I want to stop there. What did she do? She had brought a water pot, To dig out, pull out, draw out water. But the Bible says she left it. Because why? She found the well, she found the resource. It wasn't what the natural was bringing. And she was looking at the natural to satisfy something deep, deep inside. It wasn't working. She was still thirsting. She was still longing for it. But the Bible says she left what Jesus, she left what she had and followed what Jesus offered. Left those, traded them in for the Well. Too many people are not trading in what they have. They're clinging to the things. It's not satisfying. Jesus offers this today. Leave the cup, church. Tell your neighbors it's time to leave the cup. Leave it. Move into the things. That's that's a cup of salvation. You know what the cup represents? Drudgery. It represents uh, and speaks of drawing, laboring, trying to work to get what you have need of. And that's what she was doing. It was work. It was labor, trying to get something to satisfy. She was looking for it in wrong places, with wrong people, with wrong situations, and it wasn't satisfying. She said, well, let me try this. Let me try this one. Let me go to this one. And it wasn't working. There's so many people that are trying this and trying that. It's not working. Only Jesus can satisfy. Only the Holy Spirit can bring what you have need of. Yes, amen. One thing I'm thankful for, and I'm proud to say it, God gave me a language that's power. Yes. Yeah, amen. My heavenly language came from God. When I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit, that was power. Yeah, I used to think when somebody could speak more than one language, I thought, wow. I was impressed. I wish I could. Then all of a sudden, God gave me the opportunity. And I can speak heavenly language now. Thank God it overflows at times. And it just blurts out, thank God for the language. Thank God for the overflow. If you've never experienced it, I tell you, try it. It was never enough for the woman, though. She kept drawing, kept drawing. It was work. It was labor. You can keep working if you want to. You'll never be satisfied with this world's goods. You'll never be satisfied with all the money. You can have all the money in the world. It'll never satisfy you. The rich want more. The poor wants it. But it never satisfies, never brings satisfaction, never brings peace, never brings joy. Only the water from heaven can bring joy. It can bring refreshing. It can bring a healing. Thank you, Father. Jesus said, I'm gonna offer you a well, though. But it wasn't just a typical well. It wasn't just a well that we look at. It's a living water. It wasn't just water that you drink and that satisfies the flesh and the thirst. Thank God, Brother Dwayne brought me a, a cup of water. I drank it. You know what? It got empty. I got thirsty again. I was over doing this number. I think somebody told me, says, Bet, I wish you could just dance. <laughs> I can't dance. Bet should be like Domino's guy that stands out there. He has those buds in and he moves to the music. He shows life, though. Some people just wonder, where's the life at? The question is, is there's a cup of salvation, but there's a well of blessings. Which one do you want? The only cup the New Testament talks about is a cup of trials. Matthew 26, verse 39, it says that Jesus, when he went to the Father, he said he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, "O oh, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. See, even though he knew what was going, to, it was just a cup. How many knows that a cup will run out? Thank God your trials are going to run out. Yeah. It's only a cup full, church. You may be going through some things. It's only just a cup full. Eventually you'll be gone. But if you have the well, it'll never run dry. Amen. Thank God. Paul said this in Second Corinthians 4:17. For our light of affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceedingly and eternal weight of glory. See, it may be a cup of trials you face and you carry or you have around you, but eventually that moment, it'll be gone. In a little bit, it's here, then it's gone. This life is short. Ain't gonna be long. I'm gonna hit that 60 mark. Then what? A few more years, this life is gone, but I got eternity. And I'm drinking from the eternal waters right now. I'm tasting of what heaven's offering right now. Why do I rejoice? Why do I do the things? Because when that overflow hits me, I wanna shout and I wanna dance, I wanna move about because I feel the refreshing of the Lord. It brings life. Yes. Yes. So many people looks like they've been on sour lemons. Even some that claim to be Christians, they look so down and out. They look so dry. But when you get under the spout, where the glory comes out, the blessings. See, this is not just a well, just a favor, just, but it's a blessing well. It wants to give you blessings. It wants to overflow in your life. Thank God for that. One thing that I see, though, not many people are enjoying their salvation. It's so sad. They act like it's a drudgery. Act like it's a drudgery to love one another. Well, they've done it unto me, so I'm going to do it unto them. That's not the living water that God gave. Jesus never uh, condemned the woman. He never looked at her because she had been living with these men or been married this one and living with one now. He looked at her with, some, I've got something that you need. You've been longing for it, and I've got it for you. The one thing I see, though, there's too many wells that have been clogged. What happens when your wells gets clogged? It doesn't flow anymore. You can't get the water out of a clogged well. Trust me, try to get the pump going if it's clogged. You got to replace the pump. You know what it tells me? That sometimes there's too much world that's gotten into our well. There's too much of things around us that's gotten into our wells. It's clogged it up. And where's the joy at? The joy of the Lord is in his presence. And what has he got? He's got a fountain that overflows on you. In Genesis, we see that Abraham dug wells because he knew that naturally you need water. Naturally, you need something to drink. Livestock needs it. Uh, The grass needs it. Uh, The crops needs it. We need it naturally. We understand that. Thank God for the rain. We're supposed to get something this afternoon. We need it. It's dry a little bit now. Some of you may have water still in your Yard. Not me. Mine's gone down. My grass is starting to show a little bit. I need a little bit of water. Some of that I've seen people, they're starting to show, they look a little dry. They don't look as green as they used to. They don't look as having the joy of the Lord. They have the drudgery of, of serving. But God says, I give you the well. Jesus says, I'm bringing a well to you. There was a boy, Isaac, Abraham's boy, as a matter of fact. And in the Old Testament of Genesis, he knew that his people was with him because his father had gone by and gone already gone on to be with the Lord. And now he needed some water. He went to his father's wells. And you know what he found? They weren't flowing anymore. He had to dig them. He had to remove and unplug the wells. The Philistines come, those little pests. How many ever had those little Philistines come around you? They want to pour on you and kind of fill in your well so that you don't be so happy, so, so joyous and have something a spring in your step. There's something going on here. Something's wrong. They don't say, yeah, that, we're going to fill that in. You know what? <laughs> Sometimes the wells I see, they get clogged with the cares of life. Sometimes you get overburdened and it can clog your well. Sometimes it's the calamities that happen to people's lives. They have something hit them from one thing after another and they get a clogged well. Also, sin can come in and it can clog your well. The reason why people, see, let me put it this way, and I know I'm just a little bit ahead of the message in this part, sin is always thirsty. It longs for more. An alcoholic wants more. That's what's going to satisfy. A drug addict wants more. Those people that are looking at, and I have just used those as an example, there's many others. There's some that are workaholics. They have to work and work and work. It's never enough. But can I tell you, Jesus satisfies your longing. Jesus told her that I can bring something. Sometimes your well gets clogged with the filth that you see around us. Every time you turn the TV on, it's nothing about filth. When you go to work, you flip on the, the computer, and, you have, and sometimes my job, I have to go to the internet to look at other products and other things to kind of get the answers that I need. And there's junk on there. I'm thinking, oh, close my eyes. Close my ears. It's filth that I see and hear. Sometimes it's the negative stuff that comes your way. How many has been around negative people before? <laughs> they claim to be Christians and they never talk about the Lord. They were talking about the goodness of God, always talking about people, always talking about the negative things or this or that. But thank God you get around somebody that has the joy of the Lord, it kind of overflows on you. This joy that I have, the world didn't give it to me and the world can't take it away. Thank God for that, for the living water. You know what Isaac did? He had to learn to clean out the wells. You know what he did? He grabbed him a shovel. I brought this old rusty shovel. Been sitting around for a while. Sometimes maybe your shovels have been sitting around for a while. They've got a little rust on them. Maybe you need to dig out that clogged well. It's work, I understand. But you need to keep digging. You know what? As he dug, he got water. He struck water. As he kept digging, now it was work. Don't get me wrong. But sometimes we allow things and sometimes you feel like it's work. But if you want the living water, you can't allow certain things to clog up your well. Put it off to the side. He kept digging, he got it in the water. And everybody was satisfied. His group was satisfied. I'm gonna leave that shovel right there as a reminder. Sometimes you need to pick up your shovel. You need to say, God, I need to get rid of these things in my life. Too many are like that. In other words, you need to redig your well. It's been stopped up. No wonder you're dry. No wonder you don't have no joy. No wonder it's a drudgery to try to serve the Lord. You don't have no water. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit came to give you water. Yes. Jesus says, what I'm gonna give you is talking about the Spirit of God. We need him. Yes. Clean out your well. Tell your neighbor, clean out your well. Yes. Can I tell you, the forefathers... My forefathers, they had wells. And there was times I see them come into church and they rejoice with one another and you could tell that they enjoyed their walk with the Lord. Sometimes I think we need to get the taste of the water again. Once you get a taste of his water, his fountain, what he has from the well, nothing else compares to it. It's like going to a good restaurant, and you go to other ones, and you really like this restaurant, and you, you fell in love with some of the food and what they fixed, you want to go back. You go to other ones, it doesn't compare to it. This is like God. He's got something greater than what the world can offer, and what everything else is trying to clog your well up with. Redig the well. Touch your neighbor and say, it's, time to, redig. it's time, to redig. time to redig. Too many are consumed with this present world. There's times I like to watch the news, and if I don't watch it, I get addicted to it. But there's times after a while, going, they're going over it again and again and again. Enough, I shut that thing off. I said, I've had enough of that. And I get in alone with God, and I get refreshed from God, and God says, I've got things under control. I've got your source here with me. Sometimes we need to get along with God to redig the wells. Sometimes we need to hear his voice more than we need to be consumed with the world and what's going around. Things are just lining up for him coming back, church. Too many enjoy the things of the world so much that it clogs the well. I remember the time when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I tell you what took place? I've done everything I can for a long time trying to receive God. I, I I see what's going on here. I want to receive everything you've got for me. I want to receive the baptism. I want to receive. Now, I come from that Pentecostal ranks where that you you've, I, I, you go to church. You really knew that you was in the presence of the Lord. You don't find that too much today. But thank God, even the young people don't even know about that anymore. But I remember the time when I was saying, "God, I want the baptism in the Holy Spirit." God, I want this refreshing. God, I want that. And I was on my knees praying to God, and all of a sudden, I heard one lady beside me says, "Hold on." <laughs> then another one on the other side, "Let go." I'm confused. <laughs> Don't know which way to go. They were shouting all of a sudden. I heard my grandmother shouting. I could tell her voice. I heard her voice. Next thing you know, I felt the bobby pin. Boom, 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 boom. I says, yeah, she got it. She get into that presence and she was shouting. They didn't have a lot, but it doesn't take a lot to get a hold of what God's got for you. Amen. You don't have this world. Sometimes we get hanging on to these things and that's don't satisfy but you know why I remember more than anything? Not those times of that. When they were around me, the shouting. I remember hearing some of them say that because they would build those beehives, that we call them. The hair way up there. And I put them in a bun. And all of a sudden, they'd go down. And all of a sudden, i seen those ladies had those long hair. It was like a whip. They would shout. We had this one that had dark hair. I called her the Cherokee. Her name was Becky, and boy, she would shout, and she'd shout like an Indian, but God was moving on her. But one thing I remember more than anything, I got a taste of the water. I got a taste of the water. Those are good memories, but I got a taste of the water, and I was never satisfied with anything else. I remember when I got the baptism, and all of a sudden, the tongues flowed, and that language flowed and empowered me, and the well came alive in me, and nothing else was satisfied. You can have it all, but give me the well. You can have all this world's goods, but give me the well. Take this whole world, but give me Jesus. Church, we need that today more than ever before. See, this well will give life. This well will keep the marriages. This well will touch the children. This well will keep you. This well will keep your family. This well will bring in this 21st century something that has never had before. Amen. Thank God we need the well. God we need you more now than ever before. Nothing in this world can offer compared to the living water. Let me say that again. You can have all of it but it won't compare to what God's got for you. I believe it's time we get back to God. The cup that the New Testament offers is just a cup of trials. It's only for She's season. It's gonna be gone. It's gonna be empty. The trials will be done. But what's eternal is the blessings and the well that God brings. Is anyone thirsty? I hear some muddy water shaking. Say amen. amen. Say this. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. Woman at the well. Jesus told her, "If anyone thirst, if any man thirst, anyone thirst, what do you need to do?" Jesus was hungered in the wilderness. He thirsted on the cross. He understands the appetite of the flesh. But Matthew five, verse six is blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Thank God for the filling. Thank God for the infilling. Thank God for the water that God gives. Praise God. Are you still thirsty? Are you still hungry? God knows how to satisfy. So when you get to that place, the only way you can find satisfaction is to find God. Only fi- way you can find that thirst quencher is to find God. Ephesians chapter five says this in verse 18 and 19. And do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Verse 19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. The Bible teaches that not to be drunk with wine in excess, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Say, fill me, Lord. Fill me, With your Spirit. spirit. Too many are filled with the intoxication of the world. (laughs) They are being filled. Even some believers are being filled with the things of this world. It's an attraction, but it's deception. It will not satisfy. You can have everything. It will not satisfy. The living water is a well but sometimes it gets clogged. Notice what verse 19 says, and I liked what it says. Speak to yourself. How many ever spoke to yourself before? Self, you're gonna do what I say. Self, you're gonna speak the word. Notice what Paul said in verse 19, speaking to yourself. Speaking to yourself. Say self. self. Listen. Listen. It says in Psalms, speak to those things. In hymns, speak those things. That's the reason why I have trouble when somebody says, all I get a diet of is country music or rock and roll or this show or that show or this video game. Sometimes I wonder, where are you at? And you wonder why you don't have no joy. You become numb to the things of God. But it also says that not only hymns, but it says spiritual songs making melody in your heart To the Lord. You know what that tells me? I'm falling in love with the Lord again. Over and over and over again. I fall in love with the Lord. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. I keep falling in love with him over and over and over and over again. He gets sweeter and sweeter. Oh, what a love between my Lord and I Falling in love with him now over and over Over and over again John 4, verse 14, it says this again. One part, he says, But the water that I shall give him Will become a, in him a fountain, A water springing up into everlasting life. Say spring up. up. (laughs) Sometimes uh, I look around and uh, I see that sometimes some people just don't have a spring anymore. I remember them shout. They had a spring. You can say shout, dance, what do you even want? They had a spring. When the Spirit of God moved on them, they had something that the world couldn't give them. This is better than any medicine that you can get a hold of. This is better than any drug that you can add up. This is better than any alcoholic intoxication that you can have. See, I'm addicted to the Holy Spirit. I'm sorry. I'm addicted to the water that God gives. I got to have more. I got to be filled up. God, I need more and more and more. That's what it is. And it brings, it says, it would spring up. Woo, spring up in me, Lord. Spring up in me, Lord. Sometimes I can't wait to see what you do sometimes in this service, and I just wait for somebody to prod you, but the springing comes up. It's in me. It's coming out. It's in me. It's coming out. Spring up in me, Lord. Spring up in me, Lord. Let it spring up out of me. What happens when you got springs on? You bounce. You got to bounce in your step. You got to bounce in your song. You got to bounce in your words. Aren't you glad for that? See, I believe God's language is up, Touch your neighbors, this language, language is up. See, the Bible declares it says, stir up the gift, it goes up. It says, stand up, not to sit down. It says, we're going to be caught up in the air to be with the Lord. And it also says, look up, for your redemption draw nigh. That's the ups. Thank God for the ups. How many's looking up? Something that I couldn't understand when I was growing up. I have some people sit there next to me and they act like, and the Spirit of God was moving. I mean, people were getting in, people were shouting to the Spirit of God, and they'd sit there and go, They get the nods. (laughs) Have you ever seen that before? I'm going, You haven't been in the fountain yet, and it's flowing now. Luke 22 10 says this, and he said to them, Behold, when you have entered into the city, a man will meet you carrying a pitcher of water. Follow him into the house which he enters. What does the pitcher hold? Water? Holds drinks? I brought this from a home. It's empty right now. But usually, when you go to a restaurant and you get thirsty, what are you looking for? That pitcher. You're looking for that one's carrying the pitcher. Now, if it's empty, they may come around and say, I'll be right back. I'm going to fill the pitcher. I'm going to come in. They know where the water's at. Jesus told his disciples, go look for the one, the man that's carrying a pitcher. And when he's carrying a pitcher, more likely he's got water in it. And if he don't, he knows where the water source is. Now, I bring this up for something that I want you to understand. The world is looking for you because we are the pitcher bearer. They're looking for the water source. What's in your pitcher? Emptiness? Is it dry, full of air? Or do you have something of substance? Go find the one that's got the pitcher. The world is looking to us. Do we have the pitcher of water? Are we carrying the life source that we can pour out into them? Look what the Lord's done for me. Here, you need it too. If not, they're gonna search other places. We have a generation searching for other things. They've not seen the pictures full yet. It's time we dig out the wells that's been clogged so we can receive what God has. As the world can say, look what they've got. We need it. It'll satisfy in the workplace, in the home place, in the marriages, in the children. They are looking. Why do you think they're running after illicit things and doing things that's not even seemingly good because there's not enough water, it seems to be, Church, we need to wake up. Dig out the wells. Dig out your own wells and let it flow again. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. You've got the picture, church. What is it that would attract those? We got so much worldliness in so many churches anymore. There's nothing that satisfies we got a generation that says, why do I need to go there? I can go to a party someplace else. You may have the good music, but if you don't have no water, you may have good sermons that make you feel good, but if you don't have nothing, life-changing messages. What is it? It comes from the Spirit of God. In John 7, there was a feast that was going on, Feast of the Tabernacle. I'm going to set this picture down. Now, if I filled that thing up, I would splash it on you. Maybe I should have. You've gone out here a little bit wet. That tabernacle feast lasted for seven days. In John seven thirty-seven through 39, Jesus spoke of the promise of the Holy Spirit. And he goes on, on the last day the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart, out of his belly will flow rivers, say rivers, Rivers. of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not glorified as of yet. Isaiah 55, one says, an invitation to abundant life is in this verse. Everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come and buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus spoke this with a loud voice. He was distinctive with clarity because he was declaring something that was taking place. Jesus said, out of your belly shall flow rivers, not river, rivers, plural. Why did he say plural? Because in the Old Testament, we have something that just a cup. New Testament, A WELL, BUT THEN HE GOES A RIVER THAT WAS GOING TO FLOW FROM THE HEAVENLIES. THANK GOD. SEE, WHEN THE PRIEST AT THIS POINT IN TIME WOULD GET UP, AND THE END OF THE FEAST COME, YOU KNOW WHAT HE WOULD DO? HE WOULD GO TO THE POOL OF SALUM, AND HE WOULD DIP HIS CUP IN, TAKE THE WATER UP, AND THEN HE WOULD POUR IT OUT, SIGNIFYING THAT WAS IT. JESUS, BEFORE THAT TOOK PLACE, told the people, now you see the connection, told the people, come to me and drink. They didn't want just seven days. They wanted it all the time. And Jesus said, come to me. They were doing the rituals. They were going through the rudiments. And the priest dumped it out, and that was it, signifying this is the end. Jesus said, no, now is the beginning. I've come to give you what you need. Jesus said to the woman, "If any man thirst, out of his belly shall flow rivers." Now, what does the rivers represent? Not only the Holy Spirit, but it flows out of every part of your life. It'll flow into every area that you are facing, every area that you're going through. The rivers will flow if you will let it. Too many times, people not only clog, but they dammed up the river that it can't flow out. It'll stagnate. It'll stink. You can't even partake of it if you don't watch it. The reason why sometimes they need to let the dams down, let the floodwaters go. I believe in these last days, God's pouring out his spirit. I believe in these last days, God's bringing a gully washer out of the river from heaven so that we can have rivers flowing out of us to touch lives and splash onto others. Praise God for that remember hearing a story about a 10-year-old boy from one of the pastors that I know. And he said, a 10-year-old boy had been coming to church, and his parents had been coming and joining it, and he went to junior church, children's ministry. And the Spirit of God moved. Can you believe the children were getting the things of God? And all of a sudden, he received the baptism at 10 years of age. So, he come upstairs, and mom heard about it, and The junior church leaders were talking about how God moved, and many received the baptism. So the mother says, What happened? What did it happen in you, and what did it feel like? The boy just proudly put out his chest, and he says, I've got a tiger in my tank. (laughs) Sometimes I think we need a tiger in our tank. The tiger represents the Holy Spirit. I know it's not funny, but it's a true story. This generation does not need any more handshaking, does not need any more filling out papers. They need the touch of God. They need the Holy Spirit. They need the flow of God. They need a tiger that they can see from our tank. But if we don't have a tiger in our tank, we can't roar like we should. Give me a tiger in my tank. We need that. That comes from the Holy Spirit. Psalms 87 7 says this Both the singers and the players on instruments say, All my springs are in me. Inner spring. We need an inner spring church. We need one that can flow from this. That's the reason why that spring makes me bounce. Whew. That's the reason why when the worship team comes up, you see some of them back there going, but you see others, oh, I got a spring. I don't know which way to bounce now. I like what, I know I'm getting off on this one. Tigger. Tiggers bounce. We need some tiggers in the church. Some tigers. Whoop, they bounce. <laughs> they ask tiggers, says. Why do you bounce? Tiggers just bounce. Christians just bounce. Something deep inside of us makes us bounce. Gives us some inner, something deep inside. Jesus, well, we act a little bit different. We move different. The foolishness of preaching brings about what God needs. We need some move of God in our services. An inner working. First Peter 1.12 says this. Something that was revealed in heaven that brought dissatisfaction with heaven in all its glory. The angels started looking into something. See, the gospel was being preached with power and flow of the Holy Spirit. And it says this, to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven the things which angels desire to look into. To. Can you imagine angels looking into what you have and then we sit on it? We don't allow it to flow. We allow things to get into us that clogs it up. We're carrying around empty pitchers and the world can't get satisfied with what we've got so they go after everything else under the sun. We go through troubles and trials and we think it's all about me and God says I'm bringing this thing to you so you can... Grow, you can move forward. You can have everything that I've got. See, the Holy Ghost was sent from heaven. Even the angels desire to look into this. Wait a minute. We've got God in all his glory, but they're seeing God's spirit coming to us, coming in us, around us. That's the only time the inhabitants of heaven became a little dissatisfied little dissatisfied. Wait a minute. We see this. We appeared and now they've got it. We don't have that. But we do. We do. At least I hope you do. I pray you do. You've got this river. We have these wells within us. Isaiah twelve three 3 says, Therefore with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation. From the wells of salvation. Wells of salvation. With joy, the Bible says. With joy we draw up. Not drudgery. Not because we have to. Not with labor. Not with just working. But with joy we pull it up. How many thankful that you're pulling up the water from God? Amen. See... Our comps should be experiencing not just the trials, because this is going to end, but we need to experience our pitchers full. Our pitchers full. Fill me up, Lord. Let me say this if you don't clean out your well, it'll get so plugged. I said it earlier sin gets thirsty sin gets thirsty because you can't satisfy it one sin means i got to have another it's just like one lie covers up another lie just like one thing to try to satisfy we've got a world that wants to be instantaneously satisfied their appetites of the flesh i want to be satisfied now but now we've gone to the place the woman done something take your cups in your hands if you will please The woman done something. She left her pots. She left her pots, the Bible says, because she found something better than what the pot could bring. I think we need to leave our cups. Leave them behind. The Old Testament was a cup of salvation. That's all it was. Good for one year, but that's it. Then you had to go back and get it filled up again. And Jesus comes along and tells the woman and says, wait, I'm bringing something better than just a cup. I'm bringing a well. I've already dug it. I've already got it for you. And it's an everlasting life-giving source if we would look to him and say, God, satisfy me. I like what she did. She left her cup. But some of you have been hanging on to your cup of trials too long and it's clogging up your wells. You've been going through issues and it's draining you physically, mentally, spiritually. And you can't get beyond it. It seems like what's going on in my life? And Jesus said, wait a minute, I've got a source. You need to throw away the things that's keeping you from moving forward. How many's ready to go forward? I want you to bring your cup and I want you to lay it at the altar and leave it there. Leave it there. This is nothing but an example or a symbol of something that the Scripture gives us. Quit hanging on to the things that's trying to drag you down. That's the enemy's trick. That's deception. And we're living in deceiving times when people don't even know the truth anymore. They don't even judge it anymore rightfully what the Word of God says. I hear people say, well, so-and-so said this. Well, what authority are they upon the situation? <laughs> that's what I want to know. What makes them an authoritarian on things? But when we have the life-giving word and the life-giving sores and we have the Holy Spirit, we should know the truth yes. and the truth will make us free. Yes. Don't let our clogged cups, the things that clogs the well up, keep us from moving forward. How many's ready to let go yes. and move forward? Yes. Today's your day. And this is the way I want you to do it. This side, we got this altar. This side, you got this altar. I want you to bring it up and leave your cups. If you mean it. If you don't mean it, keep it. You can take it home with you, it'll be around. I don't want to keep my cup. I'm going to lay it off the side. I don't want to carry an empty pitcher, I want it full. I want people to see where you get your life giving. (laughs) I had the guy from Miami that works in a company that we have down there. He asked my boss one time, when I wasn't talking, he goes, What is that Rick been drinking? He goes, He's a preacher, he pastors a church. He goes, Oh, he's on the Sacramento line. (laughs) No. I'm on the life-giving source. And that's what the world's looking for. Even in troubled times, and I know your companies, the world is looking at it. They don't know which way it should go anymore. They'll keep saying now, everything's gonna be okay, everything's safe. Safety, when they speak safety, look out, destruction is right around the corner. I'm telling you, the only safe place is in God. And the only source that we can have that can satisfy is in Jesus. That's what he brings. Now, on account of three, if you're ready to bring your cup and just lay it on the altar and go back to your seats. One. On account of three, I want you to get ready. Get ready to leave it. The woman heard from Jesus, she heard what he had to say. As a matter of fact, <laughs> He spoke to her heart. Two. And when he spoke to her heart, she says, Give to me. Give to me. Give to me. Give to me. Three. Make your way up. Lay it at the altar. Lay it at the altar. Kid G, please. I've got him, I've got him, I've got him, I've got him. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost. I can't explain it, but I've got him, yes, I've got him.